The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magana, Kramer Sanson in the background, helping us keep this thing moving. Merry Christmas, Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, can't say Chiefs get it done. Uh, 24 to 10 at home against the Seattle Seahawks. Rocky, I'd really like to start today's show expressing how much I dislike Mark Sanchez as a a television broadcast announcer. Um, But let's get into the football game first. Uh, Really impressive game, I I think, from the Kansas City Chiefs. There was some sloppy play, but it's Christmas, and I want to focus on the positive things. And the biggest positive to come out of today's game was the Chiefs defense. Like, they finally turned it on and finally put together a really good performance and I think even with the offense, like kind of slogging around in this one, I think you should be thrilled with the way the defense looked today. Um, you only don't like Mark Sanchez because you're not a father. You don't get dad humor. Yeah, I mean, awesome. after awesome. watching today's game, my expectations of this team are sky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi <laughs> of this Chiefs team. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa Chiefs kingdom. Uh, Chris Jones talked a little bit this week about how when you tackle the quarterback, you have to tackle him with Christian-like love and, and lay him down to the ground. Well, the Chiefs' defense took the Seattle Seahawks to church today. I mean, they took them down to the river to play, to pray and knock the devil clean out of them. I mean, this this was a defensive performance that we've been waiting for out of this Chiefs' defense. And Seattle Seahawks are a good running team. They're a good balance team. And... I tell you what, hallelujah, this defense stepped up today on the most important of holidays, Christmas Eve and Christmas, and I am just, I am filled with joy, love, and laughter today, Stephen. This is wonderful. Yeah, it's really, and I want to focus on the defense to start things off here, and you know, the offense struggled uh, a little bit today. There was some sloppy play. Uh, I wish they'd use Sky more, more than Justin Watson. Um, but we'll get into that stuff. I, I want to focus on the positives here because the offense, even for, you know, it kind of being like a, a slog of a game, some sloppy play, I think short week, Christmas, all of that stuff, whatever. 
you're not worried about the offense. Like the offense is going to have better games ahead. And you're confident about that because you have Patrick Mahomes, but the biggest question mark on this team has been this defense and from the start. And I I think it was the very first play offensive play of the game for Seattle. I, I think Kenneth Walker broke like a 30 yard run, but then they got called back for a penalty. And after that, the defense was lights out the rest of the first half. Like, Seattle only had 107 yards of offense in the first half. 71 of it went to DK Metcalf on two catches. And you pretty much shut them down in the first half. And they were putting pressure on Geno Smith all day. And man, Rocky, that is going to be what wins you football games in the playoffs. Being able to put pressure on quarterbacks with just the four guys up front. And they were doing that all day today against the Seattle Seahawks. So I think you got to be absolutely thrilled with that defensive performance. I tell you what, in the first half, before that final drive that the Seahawks had at the end of the first half where they got 16 yards rushing on three rushes, the Seahawks had ran the ball nine times for 10 yards. Nine times for 10 yards in the first half. Like The Chiefs' run defense wasn't just like stifling or, or stout. They were dominant. And let's not act like Kendrick Walker the third isn't a good running back. Like this guy was was a borderline, you know, top one or two running backs in his yeah. class last year. He's, like, this he's guy's a, a stud. He's a baller. He's a baller. Yeah. He's a complete stud. They're averaging 108 yards rushing a game coming into this seat, coming into this game, and the Chiefs completely shut him down. And you want to talk about the front floor getting four getting pressure on Geno Smith. Let's take our hat off to Furious George Carlotas for a second. <laughs> this guy, his first 10 games of the season has a half of a sack. Has half of a sack in, in, in 10 games and then four sacks in the last five games, plus two passes deflected, plus five hits on the quarterback. I mean, there's a learning curve coming in the NFL. We know this. And George Carlotas is coming on. He's hitting the stride right at the right time. And I mean, for the future of this pass rush, we needed the Chiefs to hit on this guy. And right now it looks like he's turned into the into the edge rusher that we hoped he would be coming in this season when he had a great preseason. I mean, George Carlos looks like he's figuring it out, man. Yeah, I don't think it's exaggeration to say this was the best performance of George Carlos' rookie season so far. And he was great. It's for all of the Chiefs issues with tackling, the tackling was spectacular today. Like the Seattle Seahawks went forward on fourth down multiple times in this game because they were down basically throughout the entire contest. And in the first half, they couldn't stay on the field to save their lives. Like, I, I think it was it, it was almost halftime, I think, before they picked up their first first down of the game. Like the defense was just totally dominant. And multiple times today, mul- from multiple different players on the defensive side of the ball, they came up with big plays. We saw Trent McDuffie come up with a huge tackle on a fourth down. We saw Nick Bolton come up with a huge tackle and, and it's that those are the kinds of plays that we've been wanting to see from the defense. And we've kind of been chasing because of their struggles, but this one is really important because the Seahawks were, I think easily the most difficult matchup left on on your schedule And for the Chiefs defense to get right against this opponent, it makes you feel confident about their last couple of games of the season. And hopefully they've actually turned a corner here and we can start relying on the defense a little bit more down the stretch. I mean, the one thing that's been killing me about this Chiefs defense and their tackling is they keep on trying to go high on guys and tackle them. And you finally saw a Chiefs defense today that attacked the belt buckle. They drove through guys. They wrapped them up. And you know 
that Nick Bolton, Legereus Sneed, Frank Clark, these guys are all super solid tacklers, and they're always going to be good tacklers. But you know what? Recently, we have saw Willie Gay miss some tackles. We saw Jalen Watson miss some tackles. And guess what? Those guys showed up today. They, they put their shoulder in the guy's gut. They drove through him. And they, 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 it looked like the Chiefs made a commitment to tackling today. And it was on a day when it is frigidly cold out there. It is freezing. That is not the sort of weather where you wake up in the morning and say, you know what I want to do? Run full force and slam my body into another grown man and drive him into the hard tundra of Arrowhead Stadium. And the Chiefs said, you know what? Like body damage be damned. We're going to shut down the run today. We're going to tackle. We're going to commit to it. We're going to rally to the ball, and we're going to shut them down. And that's exactly what they did. They said we're going to shut down DK Metcalf, and we're going to stop the run. I Maybe uh, today's performance had something to do with Colin Saunders and you know responding to Chiefs fans on Twitter and being upset with the way people were discussing the defense. I don't really care what made it happen as long as it happens. Like – because this has been the issue for weeks now. And today that defensive line looked like it was the best part of the defense. And that's what they need. We need the defensive line to be the best part of the defense moving forward, because you know that the secondary is, can be a little suspect. Like we've got exciting young players back there, but we know those safeties aren't elite. We know that's an issue for this chief's defense. And so it's a lot easier to make plays when the guys up front are putting pressure on quarterbacks. And we saw that all throughout the game today. I know, you know, Kenneth Walker winds up finishing uh, with over 100 rushing yards in this game. And the Chiefs let up a little bit in that regard. I think in the second half to Seattle was trying to focus more on the run and realizing like we don't want to go shot for shot with this offense and we don't have Tyler Lockett today and we're banged up. across the board at our pass catchers. And so there was a little bit more of a focus to rush the football in the, in the second half of this game, but I don't even care. Like you gave up a hundred yards to Kenneth Walker, whatever you were putting pressure on the quarterback all day. And that's all that I care about. That's all I want to see on a weekly basis from the chiefs defense moving forward. If listen, if a team has to contest to try to figure out their run game and commit to the run in the second half, when you're already up over two scores, then I'll take those, those odds every single time i mean like you said this this front four of this defense really showed up today there was one play early in the set in the first half where i think mike dana might have knocked the soul out of kenneth walker when he was when he would try to cut it back across the middle i mean he just i mean he just laid the wood and kenneth walker went flying backwards it was it was a thing of beauty to watch today like the gap assignment like like the gap assignment that the front four played was amazing. How many times did you see Kenneth Walker start inside and he had to try to bounce it outside? And then one of the linebackers or defensive backs was there waiting for him. And then they gang tackled him on the outside. Like there was nowhere for him to go on the inside in the front in the first half. And then nowhere to go on the outside. It was just a dominating performance by the defense from top to bottom in this game. I don't care that they scored a late touchdown. Even like those are garbage time points when it doesn't matter. Like, like as far as I'm concerned, this Chiefs defense gave up three points today. Like this was a dominating performance, and let's not act like Geno Smith is some chump. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback this year. It's yeah, Mike Dana was great today. The defensive line just as a whole was spectacular today. Chris Jones ends the game with another sack on Geno Smith, and credit to defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, who 
we saw Legarius Sneed kind of shadowing DK Metcalf throughout this game. And, and DK still winds up as Seattle's leading wide receiver in this game, but most of it came on, on a couple of big plays. But it credit to Spags for identifying, hey, our corners are kind of small. It seems like we have huge issues with these big physical guys. And the most physical corner I got is Legarius Sneed. And so we saw Trent McDuffie playing a lot in the slot today. Legarius Sneed was playing on the outside. Uh, we saw defensive tackle Brandon Williams get more reps today, and maybe that had something to do with it. He was in the mix. Danny Shelton uh, was actually active on the roster, so maybe we're going to have a little bit more formidable, sizable interior defensive line moving forward. Uh, I hope that's going to be the case. And, and really, just it, it's hard not to be impressed with what they did. And I think we need to have a conversation about rookie safety, Brian cook and why he might be the best safety on the chiefs roster right now. He had a couple of nice plays again today. And I, I just love the energy that Brian cook plays with. Like he is going out there to hit people and he wants to hurt people when he is on the football field. And I feel like that's what we kind of thought we were getting in Justin Reed, but it hasn't really lived up to it. And Hasn't really worked out that way this season, but Brian Cook, I, I think, can be an exciting player, and I'm excited to see him get some more run in the defense moving forward. I mean, he's a linebacker in a defensive back's body, and, and that was kind of his billing coming out of Cincinnati, and one of the reasons why I was so excited when the Chiefs drafted him because I thought that, hey, they could actually probably even start him in kind of like that third linebacker role that they're kind of using Leo Chanel in now. Um, that he he hits like a linebacker, but he has the athleticism of a defensive back. He has a nose for the ball. Um, I don't think it's any stretch of the imagination to say that, you know, he's getting better every single game and that he might, if he's not now the best safety on this team, he very well may be in very short time. And you're right, Steve Spagnuolo, he, he identified early in the week that DK Metcalf was pretty much their only threat in the passing game. Um, he had a funny quote in his presser this week that I wrote an article back about over on arrowheadpride.com where he said that it was like the first time that he had Googled DK Metcalf and he Googled DK Metcalf and got that famous picture of DK Metcalf pro draft when he's working out with his shirt off uh, standing next to AJ Brown. And he makes AJ Brown look like uh, like, a, like a miniature version of himself standing next to him. And he was like, Oh my gosh, like what a hunk basically. Like, like this guy, this guy's kind of ripped, you know, he's a little jacked. And so he said, I don't, we, even if we put two guys on this guy, we might not be able to stop him. Um, and so it just looked like he got kind of got a man crush on, on DK Metcalf's physique and was like, we're going to have to really focus on stopping this guy. And so what did he do? He put his most physical cornerback in uh, LeJarrius Sneed on him and it worked. And LeJarrius Sneed, I don't think there's a single situation in any football game where you put LeJarrius Sneed in it and he doesn't rise to the challenge. He outside of, outside of Nick Bolton, he might be the best tackler on the football team. He might be the best Outside of Trent McDuffie, he might be the best coverage guy. He might be the best zone defender. He's the best. He's the best blitzing defensive back in the NFL. He plays sideline to sideline. He tackles well in space. He's good at zone coverage. Like Legarius Sneed, he is a complete football player. Like he's like he's just that Swiss Army knife defensive back guy where whatever you need him to do, you plug him in and he's going to rise to the occasion. Yeah, I think there's a case to be made that Legarius Sneed should have gotten some Pro Bowl looks. Um, I, I think he's undoubtedly having the best season of his career and playing himself into what hopefully is an extension here in Kansas City because 
I think he is really, really important to that defense. I think, you know, early in the Tyron Matthew era here in Kansas city, we saw him be that Swiss army knife where he was just an elite coverage safety and could move them all over the field. And Legereus need is kind of that now for the Kansas city chiefs defense, like Spags moves him all over the place. He can play outside. He can play inside. He can blitz and he's really, really good at it. He's a really sure tackler and he can make plays on the ball and he's getting better and better at coverage every year that he's in the NFL. Like, Legereus Sneed is really, really important to that defense. So I'm glad you brought him up. But let's move to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, this is, I think, this is the only post game show we've had all season long where we just want to talk about the defense the entire time. And I, I think they deserved it today. What, whatever switch they had to flip, however annoyed they had to get it, the fans this week, whatever, it worked. Please do more of that moving forward because that's what we need to see from this unit for this Kansas city chiefs team to go back to another super bowl and offensively Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think had the play of the day and, and what was kind of a quiet sloppy offensive performance, but that rushing touchdown was just uh, an absolute thing of beauty. Rocky just keeping himself up, extending to the pylon. I wasn't really sure if he got in, but they didn't even really review it. And I was like, okay, cool points i i will take it and that was the first score of the second half because that's just kind of how it was offensively for both teams in this game like it, it just looked like it was not very much fun playing in that cold today at arrowhead stadium oh man and you know what the Mahomes, i've already seen on social media the mahomes haters are out there who who are uh, who are replying to my tweet that said sorry jalen mahomes is the only mvp <laughs> Um, they've already come at me and said, oh, both of his touchdown passes, neither one of them left the line of scrimmage. And I thought that rushing touchdowns didn't count. Come on, man. Rushing touchdowns count. Nobody ever said rushing touchdowns don't count. Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. He's a great player, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. Stop trying to pretend he's Patrick Mahomes. Nobody is Patrick Mahomes. On a cold day when nothing was working, he willed his team to another victory, got another rushing touchdown, did an amazing play. And you know what? This Chiefs offense they're probably the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era can look electric without passing the ball further than five yards down, down the field. Like you have, you have, you have Jet McCannon, you got Isaiah Pacheco, you got Kadarius Tony, and you got McCole Hardman coming back. Like you might not even need to pass the ball downfield in order to get electric plays. Just put the ball in their hands. You know, you know, Travis Kelsey is a monster in the yak game as well. Like you don't got to stretch the field necessarily to, to create big plays with this offense right now. I do want to remind you guys, use ha hashtag AP rapid reaction in the comment section. Uh, and we will get to some of your observations here at the end of the show. If you're listening to us on the podcast page, please make sure you stick around afterwards. We will have all the post-game press conferences for you immediately following the Arrowhead pride rapid reaction show. The Kansas city chiefs take down the Seahawks 24 to 10 and I think if you had to pick out one play from Patrick Mahomes season um, that just illustrates why he is the NFL MVP this season and, and why he's just playing at a higher level than any other quarterback in the national football league, it's probably this absolute dime that he threw to Travis Kelsey and, and Travis Kelsey did wind up having a nice day today. Uh, he didn't find the end zone, but uh, another big day for him, and, and this one set up uh, set up a Jarek McKinnon touchdown. But this pass by Patrick Mahomes is absolutely insane. Like he dropped it right over the defender's shoulder. Like who does that? Who makes that kind of throw, Rocky? 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes makes that throw. And guess what? Patrick Mahomes makes that throw look routine and mundane. And Patrick Mahomes makes that throw on a, on a regular occasion. Like, that's the whole thing that's, that's amazing about this is that that perfect touch pass by Patrick Mahomes wasn't probably, like like you say, it's probably the reason why he's the MVP. It's also probably not one of his best 10 throws of the season, to be honest, right? You know, and and if you figure in his running plays as well and his amazing, you know, Michael Jordan touchdown, you know, over the over the end zone and you, the diving pile on this game. And then, and I mean, just the list goes on. Like, like that's the whole thing is that the only reason why there's a conversation about is Patrick Mahomes the MVP is because he makes the amazing look routine because he does it so frequently that when another player does something that Patrick Mahomes does every single game, it looks out of the ordinary and astounding for them. But Patrick Mahomes just does it every game and makes it look normal. Yeah. And, and, and again, like this was just kind of a weird offensive game for the Kansas city chiefs. There was some sloppy play. Uh, Justin Watson had just a, a crucial third down drop and he had multiple drops in this game. Just not a very good day for Justin Watson. He's definitely had better games this season, but we saw Kadarius Tony get back in the mix and he does find the end zone for the first score in this game. And with Tony and, I did find myself getting a little frustrated because like I mentioned earlier in the show, Rocky, like the last thing I am worried about is the offense for the Kansas city chiefs. Like we know they're going to score. We know they're going to put up points. We know they're not going to be the reason that you lose games 99.9% of the time. And today was just kind of a weird game. It's Saturday in the NFL, your schedule's all screwed up because the NFL put the full slate of games on Saturday instead of Sunday because it's Christmas. And there was some sickness going around the locker room this week and just kind of a, a weird performance from the offense overall. But again, I'm just not worried about it whatsoever. And, and the Chiefs, even having some sloppy play on the offensive side of the ball, still wind up putting up 24 points, which is still pretty impressive and there's still enough time for Patrick Mahomes to have some highlights and for Travis Kelsey to make some plays. But I, I think the, the biggest difference maker and the reason I, I'm so unconcerned with the offense is how they're utilizing Jarek McKinnon right now. Like Jarek McKinnon is devastating in the passing game for the Kansas city chiefs right now. And I kind of feel like maybe, Maybe it's going to be when McColl comes back. I, I think they'll continue to work Kadarius Tony into the offense. But the way we've seen them deploy Jarek McKinnon late season like this, like they were saving him, trying to make sure he was healthy for this playoff run because he was so effective for them last year. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that from Kadarius Tony and, and McColl Hardman too, which are going to add an element of explosiveness that this offense has been missing. And we saw it today when Kadarius Tony got that red zone score because they haven't been able to run those a lot lately because they don't have the wide receivers or the personnel to put on the field. But when they have Tony and Hardman, they're able to do that. And I think it's going to make things even better. I think it's going to spread things out more for the chiefs offense. And it's going to make them that much more dangerous. I think you get the nail on the head when you said that, that we're, we're sitting here talking about how the chiefs offense wasn't hitting on all cylinders today. And they put up 24 points and one by two touchdowns against a team that's fighting for a playoff berth. Like, it's not like the Seahawks season is over and they got nothing to play for. They're fighting, like, with everything they have to try to make the playoffs. And the Chiefs go out there and basically play 
you know, sub subpar football for them and win by two touchdowns. And so, no, I'm not concerned about this offense. I am concerned about their affinity for slow starts. You know, they, they're averaging since the bye week. I think it's like 4.8 points in the first quarter on average. Like they can't keep going out there and, 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 and not starting fast and, and just and, and punting three out of the four of their first drives, like, like in the playoffs. But that being said, they have so many weapons. And like you said, Jerry McKinnon out like, like in the last three weeks outside of Patrick Mahomes, he's the best player on offense for the chiefs. The last three weeks, he's the chiefs MVP for the month of December. If Patrick Mahomes isn't, isn't on the team. I mean, he's, he's played amazing. Um, so I'm not concerned about this offense. I think that that they're trying to get through the season. They're doing what they have to do, and that when when the lights come on in the playoffs, they'll turn it on. And I think that they're that the reason why we haven't seen McCole Hardman. I think that if the Chiefs were fighting for a playoff berth, we probably would have seen McCole Hardman. But I think that they don't need him to get through the remain their, like the rest of their season, and so they're saving him for the playoffs. And we've really seen them as a team just slow play these injuries all year long because, and, and I there's a reason credit to the Chiefs that they've been so successful at, at keeping guys on the field over the last few years. And it's because they take every injury pretty seriously and they are never in a hurry to rush anybody back onto the football field. And it's worked out in their favor. Um, we, we have seen them do that with Kadarius Tony, And they basically spent... 75% of the season just kind of keep keeping Jarek McKinnon's touches limited each and every week because he's a veteran player with a lot of miles on his legs who has had significant injuries who missed, you know, I, I think during his time in San Francisco, he missed like almost three seasons due to injuries. So they're protecting him for the stretch run and he's been incredible for their offense uh, overall. And it's hard not to feel confident about the Kansas city chiefs after a performance like today. It's, you know, I know that they kind of do this every year. It's up and down and they play down to competition and they make us pull our hair out, but this was an impressive game for them. Even a sloppy offensive showing is still a good offensive showing for the Kansas city chiefs, because that's how good they are offensively. But uh, again, the defense won Christmas today. Uh, the defense, I'm I'm almost more excited about the defensive performance today than I think I am any offensive performance on the season because that's how much it matters in the playoffs. Like this defense has to play like that every single week. And hopefully this is the first step towards them doing that moving forward. I mean, the defense having a great game today is kind of like, so I'm, I'm a Jayhawks fan. It's kind of like the Jayhawks football season this year. We're stoked that the Jayhawks made a bowl game because they never make a bowl game. We're stoked that the defense had a great game today because they don't always have great day, great games. This isn't like with the offense where we have great games every single week. So, yeah, be stoked about it. Be 100% stoked about it. <laughs> and um, going back to Jerry McKinnon for a second, I think that we forget that – do you know who was standing on the sidelines – for the San Francisco 49ers in street clothes, watching the Chiefs beat his team in the Super Bowl, Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon was on the sidelines last time his team, a team that he was on, was in the Super Bowl. And I think that that sticks with you. And I think that he remembers that. And I think that he is hungrier than almost anybody else on this offense to get back to the Super Bowl 
and to be a part of, a, of, of winning a championship. Um, I think if you remember back when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, Damian Williams, after every single game, when they talked to him, he said, dog, you don't remember how – you don't realize how hungry we are, dog, dog, we're so hungry. It seemed like every single press conference was Damian Williams talking about how hungry they were. And I think that, that Jerry McKinnon is starving right now for that championship. Like he wants that championship in his career. Uh, Travis Kelsey said on the new Heights podcast this week, shout out to the new Heights podcast um, this week that on that final play last week in overtime, Jerry McKinnon told Patrick Mahomes, give me the ball and I'm going to take it to the house. <laughs> right. You know, and, Patrick, and Travis Kelsey said, bro, we've run that play four times. Why did you take it to the house the other four times? He said, but it's just one of those moments where he was feeling it. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think Jared McKinnon is feeling it right now, you know? And I think that, uh, that the further we go along in the season, that that's, he's just going to continue to it's, step up more and more and more. And yeah, the, the strategy and the way they've managed him this season has really, really worked out for them. And I, I really thought we were going to see a lot more Isaiah Pacheco today because uh, the Seahawks have been getting absolutely gashed on the ground, but as is uh, typical Chiefs fashion, it's just, no, we don't care what the weather's like. We want to throw the football. That's what we do. That's how we operate. And, but I also think part of it is, and, and Pacheco ha- had a nice long gain on a reception today too. And he finished the game with a reasonable stat line, had another solid performance. I just thought we were going to see him rush the football a lot more today. But I think part of it is Jarek McKinnon has just been so incredible that they can't not put him on the field right now. Like he, he just looks like he is outside of Travis Kelsey, like Jarek McKinnon, it might be the second best offensive weapon for the Kansas city chiefs right now. And man, it, it's we're we're just seeing the depth and, and we still know that there's an added dimension that they can add to this thing down the stretch with McCole Hardman and, and Kadarius Tony, if they continue to work him in the offense more, which I think they will do. So I still don't even think we've seen the full ceiling of the Chiefs offensively just yet, even this late in the season. A hundred percent. I think that, um, like, honestly, it's nothing but sunny skies moving forward. I mean, you know, this, the season finishes on a high note. There, all, of, all of our tough games are behind us, and I'm not afraid to say that. Um, and I, prior to the playoffs. And I think that once the playoffs start, you're going to see a Chiefs team that is locked in, ready to go, and they're hungry and they want to win. I mean, this is, this is Christmas Eve, everybody. Christmas is a time of miracles. We saw a miracle today on the football field. The Chiefs defense showed out. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town tomorrow. And, and guess what he's going to bring us? He's going to bring us a deep playoff run. That's what I think that Santa Claus is bringing a deep playoff run for this year, Kansas city chiefs. And so you should be happy and just slam some eggnog tonight and have a, have a merry jolly good old time. The chiefs improved to 12 and three on the season, still very much in the running for the number one overall seed in the AFC by the bills did take down the bears today. Uh, unfortunately, Chicago put up a pretty good fight. They kept it close for a while, but Buffalo ultimately pulled away. They've got a massive game against the Cincinnati Bengals next week that could wind up deciding who gets home field advantage in the AFC playoffs. So big win for the Kansas City Chiefs. They take down the Seattle Seahawks 24 to 10. We got a couple of your observations that we're going to get to before we get out of here. And as always, make sure you stick around afterwards. We got all the postgame press conferences coming up for you. We have any comments, Kramer? You guys think this unit as a whole is good enough to take it all at the end of the season? Do you mean the defense or the offense? Um, 
because I think the offense is good enough. It's you just need the defense to be reliable in any way. Like they have issues creating turnovers and that's a problem. But if the offense cannot turn the football over, then you can help the defense a lot because that's been the biggest issue for them recently is the offense turns the football over and the defense isn't good enough to respond on a quick turnaround short field and and make plays because they just don't force turnovers. Like it's just not something this defense does. And at this point we've got a large enough sample size to know that that's just not, that's not how they make plays. So the biggest thing is them winning up front with that defensive line. If they can create pressure uh, just by rushing for and not having to dial up these blitzes from spags, that's going to be huge in the playoffs. So, yeah, if they continue to do that, I think the defense is good enough to get you where you want to go. Yeah, all the defense has to do is keep to a team that 21 points or below. If you can keep a team at 21 points or below, and heck, on most days at 28 points or below, and the Chiefs are going to win nine times out of ten. Um, and so do I think the defense is is good enough? I think the defense is good enough because the offense – is really, really, really good enough, you know, when they're hitting on all cylinders. When they're hitting on all cylinders, there's not an offense in the league that can top the Chiefs. I mean, there may be an offenses and there may be offenses like the Bills or the Eagles that may have more wet like individual weapons. But you talk about quarterback, system, coaching, play calling, and you put the whole package together. Like I'll I'll take the Chiefs over any other offense in the NFL. Um just just because of what Mahomes and Reed offer you and then and then they're just there's there's not a weakness across the board in the, on this offense. Yeah, if the defense can continue to just put it together like this, then that's going to be a huge boost uh, for the overall team moving forward. We didn't even really talk about the special teams. Um, I don't want to talk about the special teams. It's Christmas. Uh, we're not focusing on the special teams and uh, uh, Uncle Dave's unit today, even though it I, I it's incredibly. Um, It feels impossible for a special teams unit to find new ways to be bad at things every week, but the chief special teams continues to do it. You know, here's the thing. This is probably the worst day that Tommy Townsend has had all year long, and he was still very good today. And I feel a little bad for Tommy Townsend this past week. He caught a lot of smoke for something (laughs) that even Harrison Bucker came out and said wasn't his fault. Andy Reid said it wasn't his fault. Dave Tobe said it wasn't his fault. Right. And, and he got a lot of smoke for it because a former player went on local radio and on Twitter and kind of besmirched him a little bit. And that put a black cloud over the fact that Tommy Townsend just got elected to his first Pro Bowl. And the whole narrative this week was about how bad of a how bad of a holder he is. Well, guess what? Holding a football isn't Tommy Townsend's primary responsibility to this football team. He's there to punt the football. And he punts the football very well. And if the Chiefs don't like the way he holds the football, find another placeholder. Like, like, like yeah. you didn't draft Tommy Townsend to be a placeholder. You drafted him to be a punter. And if you don't like the way he holds it, then find somebody else. But they haven't found somebody else, so they obviously have no problem with the way that he holds the football. So you know what? I feel like this was Tommy Townsend's vindication day. <laughs> Tommy Townsend held the ball well. Yeah. Harrison Bucker made all of his kicks. He punted the ball good enough. And you know what, Tommy Townsend, you're the man. Congratulations on your first Pro Bowl. You've earned every single bit of it. It it feels like an easy fix. Um, 
It also feels apparent that Dustin Colquitt absolutely hates Tommy Townsend's guts, as I mentioned earlier this week. Shocking. Shocking. The guy um, who took your job you don't like. Shocking. Yeah. I mean, Colquitt was here for a, a really long time, and he had a pretty good career. So I, I feel like he shouldn't be so bitter. But uh, I think that last comment was about the Chiefs' defense and the tackling. And, yes, the tackling was spectacular today. And – if they can tackle like that moving forward, hell yeah. I- I'm excited about because that's been the biggest issue with the defense is their inability to tackle. And we see these we see these guys each and every week. They shed the first couple of tackles and then they make big plays. And if they can continue to tackle consistently, then the defense is gonna be is gonna improve naturally uh, moving forward. So it's late in the season, but it's playoff time. It's we're we're ready for the Kansas City Chiefs to try to go on a run here in the postseason. So thank you guys so much for listening to us this week on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. Merry Christmas. I hope everyone has a fantastic Sunday. And the Kansas City Chiefs already got us going in, in a good way with a big win over the Seattle Seahawks. Make sure you stick around. We've got the postgame press conferences coming up next. And we will talk to you guys next week ahead of the Chiefs contest against the Denver Broncos. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Once again, thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. The Kansas City Chiefs take down the Seattle Seahawks 24-10 to improve to 12-3 on the season. Before we get to the post-game press conferences, I just want to wish each and every one of you who ride with us here at Arrowhead Pride a Merry Christmas. We really appreciate you guys hanging with us all throughout the season, and hopefully we will have a very long Chiefs postseason run this offseason. So Merry Christmas from everybody here at Arrowhead Pride. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and defensive end Frank Clark. Good win. Uh... Appreciate the fans and them sitting through that cold. That uh, it was, it was brisk out there. I was proud of our guys for the job that that they did um, in in the game. And uh, Thornhill's pick, I thought, was was great. Great way to finish there. Uh, Trav and um, uh, Pat with that series there. Um, it was end up being a big one for us. We kind of gone through a stall there and. Had too many mistakes, drop balls, um, fumbles, whatever, uh, too much. And uh, 
we, we, but anyways, we bounced back and took care of that. I thought overall our defense had just a great day. Um, and some of those young guys, I mean, 21, 6, 35, I mean, these guys played their tail off. Uh, Bolton, another big day with 17 tackles. Um, and the D line, I thought, was extraordinary. I know it was an emotional game for, for Frank Clark, uh, having played there. So, um, you know, making sure he came out of the right tunnel. Right, so he, he did. He did a nice job. Um, other than that, um, we had no injuries, so time's yours. Coach, you mentioned the defense. It seemed like there was a concerted effort to lock up uh, the various needs the shadow or travel with DK Metcalf. What, in, what went into that decision? Yeah, well, some that was the scheme that Spags had uh, set up going in. Um, I thought he did a nice job. That's a good football player there, and um, and so. You know, Snead is a good football player too. So matching him up, I thought that was that was a smart thing by Spags. I thought our I thought our coaches did have a good uh, good game plan together too. I, my eye goes off to them. Certainly, I worked for you today. Why uh, why today? What was it about today's matchup that led you to? Yeah, we just well, we thought it was a good matchup. Um, you know, and they they had some injuries there, so their other primary receiver was down. Andy, not not the last game you're going to play in the elements, but what, what kind of testimony is it? Just kind of the you know, character and, and grit of the team to take care of business like this on a on a day like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, uh, it was a little cold, but um, I thought the you know, I thought the guys did a nice job with it. Uh, they didn't let it hinder them. Uh, I think a couple of the drop balls, however, might have been been that, and we weren't squeezing it hard enough. And uh, but um, I, I was proud of the guys and how they took care of business, and especially on a short week. So you know, the Seattle was coming off a long week, and uh, they came in. I, I would imagine pretty fresh there. So um, and our guys powered through the week, and on a short week, did a nice job. Yeah, no, it's real important because um, uh, I've, I've mentioned it the other way the last couple of weeks. So that they need to, um, you know, they're making progress, but we need to get better. And and uh, I thought the guys did a nice job with that today. Yeah. And, I, and I do think that's important down the stretch. Maybe a drop ball or two, but the kind of drought on offense kept plugging away at it, though. I mean, they finally broke through there at the end and got one. that. Make it feel a little bit better when you when you get that later to kind of cap it off. Yeah, I mean we we weren't doing very well. Whether it was the run game, pass game, um, I, I mean I take responsibility for that too. I mean I've got to try to work things to in our favor, but um, that's not that's not where where we were going. And uh, and then uh, you know we hit those couple to Trav, and um, you know, I thought that was big, obviously. When the offense is going through that period, how much does the ball security kind of feel like, okay, we can buy ourselves a little bit of time here and figure it out? Yeah, ball security ends up being important, and so is how the defense is playing. I mean, the defense was playing well, and so uh, we didn't force anything on on the offensive side, although we were trying to score touchdowns. I mean, I don't want to slight that. We just uh, um, things weren't clicking, but if it wasn't for the defense playing so well, then that, that could have been a real issue. How big were those fourth downs for the defense? I think they stopped three of them. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, the guys 
uh, that's you know, a lot of intestinal fortitude right there. Yeah. A couple more, guys. Coach, you guys pick up your 12th win of the season. Ever since Patrick Mahomes has been your starter, it's been 12 wins or more every single season. You talk about it all the time. To have that consistency in a competitive league like the NFL, how are you guys doing that? Yeah, well, how great is that, though? I mean, um, and uh, the accolades that he receives, um, he deserves all of them. Um, uh, and then uh, the guys around him uh, also working in with that and making it happen. So, <clears throat> but it's a tribute, it's a tribute to Pat and the, the energy that that he's brought to the group, and um, and then the guys rallying around him, obviously. All right. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Merry Christmas, by the way. It was wide open in the in the end zone, but uh, we had a play where I, we kind of had a front side read where I wanted to either throw a flat uh, to a little hook route to Kels across the middle, and they covered it well. And I started running, trying to find the edge, and I, I was able to just get enough of that pylon. I like I like grazed it, and I knew it was close. I grazed it, and I I knew the rule that if you touch the pylon, you're you're good. So uh, luckily enough, I stayed out of bounds and was able to get in the end zone. Stand on purpose too? No, no, no. That was definitely not on purpose. But it shows, hey, the wrist is the wrist is a little strong, man. I had a, had a little push up position. Uh, I'm not gonna say I'm the strongest guy in the world, but uh, I've done a little bit to, to hold myself up. Is there any way to practice that, Patrick? Um, not not that one. <laughs> no, no. That, there's no way to practice that one. I mean, we do a lot of things to try to put me in different positions um, to to go out there and excel, but. Uh, at the end of the day, you get, you get down there towards the end zone, and at the late part of these football games, you have to just go out there and be a competitor. And um, we were able to get it into the end zone on a big drive that kind of helped put the game away. You had a play that Travis earlier in the game where it was blanketed by looked like 39. Um, did you get the sense that if you just throw it in his vicinity, he's going to find a way to end up? Yeah, I mean, we, it's, it's all about matchups. I mean, I think that's a lot about this league. And 39 uh, is a bigger safety, a good player, um, Tabor. But uh, whenever Trav kind of has a guy on his back, I try to put in that one spot only where he can make a play on it. Um, and, I mean, tough conditions today, obviously cold. Um, but I thought the guys battled through um, and made a lot of big plays. And, uh, I, I mean, when he's one-on-one, like I said, I always try to give him a chance. And uh, I'll keep going back to him. Yeah, the, the, big, the only thing I really change is kind of more for, like, like on the scramble plays. Uh, instead of trying to force something and make a big play uh, whenever it's not there or throw a deep one and kind of put it in, like, a 50-50 ball, I'll just take I'll kind of just take what's there, uh, throw it underneath or try to scramble for it. And uh, um, I think that's what I've learned as I've kind of grown in my career is when the defense is rolling, not, don't give the momentum to the other team. Uh, keep keep playing the field position battle. We have a great punter. Um, and and play the field position pad, battle, and and whenever we get our opportunities, we'll strike them. During a scramble, it actually I don't know if it. I mean, I think it subconsciously does. Like it, it, I, I think about it before. You think about it kind of throughout when the, the defense is out there, and you're on the sideline, and they're getting the stops and they're punting. You, you just say, hey, like we want to we want to go out there and score. Obviously, we want to score a touchdown. That's what we're always thinking first. But if it's not there, don't don't force it. Just take what's there and keep the, keep the chains moving. And uh, we were able to do that there on the last drive. Yeah, I mean, for sure, you always take away from everything. Uh, the only thing that sucks is in Denver, I was thinking about that in the last drive, and I still threw interceptions and the field goal range. So um, it's just something you have to deal with, man. I'm, I'm an aggressive player. I like to go out there and score and put up a lot of points. But as I've kind of learned, 
throughout my career. It's a team, it's a team game. I mean, that's the way it is at the end of the day. And when the defense is playing like that, uh, don't put them in a bad position and try to do whatever you can to put points on the board, but don't put the team in a bad position. Patrick, Patrick looks like you have a, a good one-two punch with Pacheco Yeah, I mean, they're, they're both playing hard. I think that's the end of the day, that's the biggest thing. And those guys, they do both can do everything. They can run the football, but they can also catch the ball out of the backfield. And, um, I mean, we got a good room, man. I mean, we got Rojo's, when he gets in, he's making stuff happen. Um, you got Clyde, hopefully coming back soon. Um, and uh, I'm sure they'll get those guys all opportunities to go out there and make plays. And, uh, I mean, Pacheco's running the ball hard, and uh, Jarek's making plays every single week. So, I mean, I'm excited just to continue to grow that room. Are you noticing that there's no drop-off between the two? Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the great thing is uh, at the receiver position um, and at the, the running back position and then even the tight end position, I think guys are coming in and making plays happen. Um, we, we're, we're able to get other guys rest, uh, especially like Travis and stuff. We have guys like Noah and Jody and now Blake that have kind of came in and can, can fill those roles to a degree. Um, and, I mean, Travis is a special player. I mean, all these guys that are stars are special players, but we've built up so much depth uh, within this offense that we can kind of rotate guys in and everybody can be fresh when they're in there. Kind of a weird week, a lot of focus on the holder and the kicker. What did you think about the kicking game and the fact they were able to execute the cold? Yeah, I mean, I believe we have one of the best punters, one of the best kickers, one of the best deep snappers in the league. And Tobe is the best special teams coach in the league. And so uh, I have confidence in those guys are going to go out there and make it happen every single time. Um, and every great team has great special teams, and I feel like that's why we've been who we are these last few years. Frank mentioned you can't have any letdown after you get the hats and T-shirts for winning the division. Can you just uh, speak a little bit about the mentality you guys had coming into this game, how you just have to finish the season and where that kind of comes from? Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't control our own destiny as far as the one seed, but we want to put ourselves in the best position to be at Arrowhead as much as possible in the playoffs. And um, that takes us getting better as a team every single week. Um, and we play a lot of great teams uh, at the end of the season. Um, and how can we get better? And I thought we got better as a team this week. The defense played really good against a really good offense. Uh, the offense, we executed at some points really well, but we're going to learn from this and try to get better next week. Um, and you want to be playing your best football going into the playoffs, and I feel like that's where we have to continue to get better and better is let's put that full game together, offense, defense, special teams. And I thought we did a pretty good job of it today, but we, have, we could be even better uh, going into these last two weeks. Last one here. Patrick, i got to ask you about Christmas. You know, you got a new Christmas coming up for some of your Yeah, I mean, the schedule worked out well. I saw this early in the year um, to play Christmas Eve um, at 12 o'clock. Now I get to go home and spend, spend Christmas Eve with my family. I flew, we flew like all the family up, so they're going to be there at the house and get to enjoy Christmas with everybody. And Coach Reed gave us Sunday off, so we have Christmas Day off. We get to watch football, basketball, um, everything. And so uh, it's, it's going to be a great day with all the, all the family. And I'm trying to do like the gingerbread houses, and I'm going to be competitive. I'm going to try to win it. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How y'all doing? It's your old team. Got a lot of guys still there, but what did it mean for you to face them for the first time? Um, it was pretty dope, you know. Um, but, you know, we're on a mission here in Kansas City, you know, and the goal is to finish the season strong. Um, you know, last few weeks we, you know, haven't been getting the job done as far as just finishing strong. A lot of tight games. Um, overtime, overtime third of last week. So it was, um, it was pretty dope to get out there today and finish the game, you know, pretty strong. I think we held them to three points. Well, shit, they got the uh, score at the end. So for the most part, we held them to three points, though, except for that score at the end. Um, you know, Gino been playing some great football all year, you know, pro bowler type of guy. So we knew the task coming in, you know, with, um, you know to be able to put that flame out. 
great receiver in 14, of course, on the other side. Um, I feel like our young DBs, we got the youngest DBs in the NFL. I don't know if you guys know that or not, and they um, they did a hell of a job um, holding D- DK and, you know, um, holding that side of the, the, the ball down. So, um, you know, hats off to those guys. Frank, uh, you did a really nice job today on third down, fourth down. Something you put your finger on why you, you guys played really well and we'll see some other success. Um, I give hats off to our coaches. You know, they prepare us usually. Um, start Monday. You know, fresh off a of victory usually or a loss. Um, you come into the building, you know, you you, you prepping for the the new the new team, the new week. And um, our coaches, they started off the week doing that. You know, just that. Um, we had a, a tough game in Houston. You know, so when you come back, you know, everything you got guys dwelling on it. You know, our coaches give us do a good job of uh, 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 washing it away from our memory, getting us back into the week. You know, we had a short week, so of course we got to get rolling. You got to get the ball rolling faster. Um, Coach Spags, he did a hell of a job giving us the game plan. Um, and it's just on us to execute, and uh, you've seen some execution out there today. Frank, you've been here for a while. It seems like in the playoff pushes, you have a game like this in regular season that you kind of get propelled from. Do you feel like this can be that game, and how much confidence can you gain from this complete effort? I just keep going. I try my best to inspire the man next to me um, and then bring along another person in the process. So, um, you know, whether that's inspiring the older guy or a younger guy, um, you know, that's, you know, typically what I tend to do. I try to look at, you know, and in this game, it's our DBs, honestly. You know, I look at my young guys, I look at that back end, and I just tell them just keep playing, you know. Make the mistakes. You know, you make your mistakes while you're young. You make them early so that when you get to a point, in my, you know, at this point in your career, you're eight, you're whatever, um, you know, you understand. You understand what's asked of you. You understand what's needed of you in those clutch moments. So you see guys make mistakes, holding, whatever it is. We don't. We always tell them, like, you good, man. Wash it away, short, half short-term memory, and get out there and make the best play you can in the next play. Frank, you had uh, three fourth-down stops in Chief territory, and I think Andy used the term intestinal fortitude about what that means. What, what does it take to do that, and what's it say about you guys to have those kind of stops? Um, I believe it shows how much grit we have. Um, it start and that starts in camp. I mean, when you out there, you know, you're doing 20 play drives and, you know, things are getting tough out there in a hundred degree weather out there in St. Joseph, you know, you think about these things, you know, when you out there in, in five degree weather, you know, in the tundra and, you know, in Kansas city, and you think about those things, you know, it's other guys who, you know, they don't, they, they don't come into these games with the right type of mindset. You know, we, some guys, oh, we just clinched the playoffs. We just, we got our hats and our shirts last week. You know, we get, they tend to get complacent. You see teams, if you watch enough football, you'll see teams get complacent, you know, once they get those hats, once they clinch, stuff like that. Here in Kansas City, we're not complacent. You know, we always strive for more. We want more. You know, the goal, you know, we get a, you know, a little handshake, a pat on the shoulders for doing our job, you know, winning the conference as far as that. But, you know, um, as far, sorry, the division. But, um, you know, our goal is to win the conference. You know, we want to win the conference first. You know, secure home field advantage, and then we have fun throughout the playoffs. And then when we get to the big dance, we just crush them. That's the goal here in Kansas City, baby. Frank, you talk about not I believe it does. Um, it's something that's built. I feel like you have to build that. Um, it's all part of your identity as a team. Um, I feel like over the past few years, after we won the Super Bowl, we had some complacency in there. And you can see it. You know, you watch certain games and you watch, um, you know, certain games where they might have said, well, they, this team got bullied or, you know, this team just played more aggressive than the Chiefs did. I don't see that this year. You know, you see us finishing games more. You see us holding those teams off, you know, at times where our defense didn't necessarily do our job. Um, I feel like we kind of learning from our mistakes better this year. Um, we making more plays at the end of games. We're um, we finishing stronger at the end of the season as far as the turnover battle. 
Um, I feel like a, as a defense, we complement our offense pretty well as well. You know, so whether they're having a good game or bad game, um, we're on our side doing our part. We're not making it worse. You know, we're kind of helping them out. You know, whether if they're having a, a good game, you know, we kind of helping them have a better game. You know, we tell them run the score up a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, other teams, but um, <laughs> just having fun with it, man. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, and I always say it, you know, we're just keeping everything in-house. And when you do that, usually as a team, you see the success come. I feel like it starts with the leaders. It's not just Pat um, as the only leader in the locker room. I know it seems like that, but you have a lot of leaders in the locker room, probably four or five other guys that speaks outside of Pat. Um, it's not my, my job to give you the specifics on who. That's why it's called a locker room. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, just appreciate that, you know, we out here, we doing our job, and that um, you got to host the guys in that locker room, not just one that's leading our group and bringing us um, – you know, to that promised land. We'll go, we'll go Herbie, the last two Frank, would it be safe to say that you are one of those leaders, though? 100%. Last two, Pete. Frank, you've been mentoring George since camp. We've seen that. What does it mean to you to see him get four sacks in five games? I love it. You know, I want to see more. You know, I look at George the same way I look at myself and, and just um, never being satisfied. I tell him that all the time. You know, don't be satisfied with getting drafted first round. Don't be satisfied with your family or everybody, you know, boasting your head up. Don't never get satisfied. Don't never listen to it. Just keep on going. It's always more work to do, you know. If, if you, you know, I can go on and on and on about my eight years in this league, how many first-rounders I've seen come and go, you know, guys I've seen do good things and guys I've seen do, you know, not so good, you know, in the career path, you know. So um, I always tell George, just keep on going. Ignore the media, you know. No, no offense to you guys. I love you guys. But ignore it. It's the, it's, the, it's the negative shade, if you know what I mean. You know, guys like you come in as a rookie and, you know, you want to do good. Sometimes, you know, it, you might have a person over here on the outside saying you're not doing that good. But in reality, only thing that matters, like I said, is the people in-house. You know, you got to look to the right and to the left of you, you know, and um, appreciate what you're able to do. You know, there's guys who wish they can be in the position that we're in to be able to come out here um, you know, playing five-degree weather, you know, in front of the greatest fans in the world, um, in front of our families. It's Christmas, it's the holidays on a Saturday, and um, be able to just do what we love. So, um, like I tell George, I tell the rest of the rookies, man, across the NFL, just keep your head down, keep working. The work's not finished. you got a lot more work to do, and um, enjoy it. Have fun. You know, make the mistakes early. Got to make the mistakes early, like I said. So when you get to a point of, you know, year eight, hopefully you make it to year eight and, and so on and so on, you can look back and be the one who's helping out the next young guy. Frank, uh, it is a nice way to start off the Christmas weekend, right? You got a win. What are your plans for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day around the clock? Man, a big win. I'm going to go spend some time with the family. You know, I'm a family guy, so I'm big on being in the house with the family outside of being on the field with my boys. So I'm going to go chill with the family, kiss on my babies a little bit, and eat some food. You know, I'm hungry. I know y'all kind of hungry, you know what I mean? Get some good food in me. And um, honestly, man, like I said, short-term memory. I got more football to play. We got to finish the season strong. Two more games um, to finish the season strong. And, you know, um, see y'all New Year's. New Year's is coming. Um, that's the next game. So, you know, um, New Year's 2023, it's on the way. Love y'all. Chiefs Kingdom, baby.